Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ken Hitchcock is now head coach of the Edmonton Oilers after the NHL team fired Todd McClellan this morning. The move comes after the team lost six of its last seven games, heading into a road trip to California, sitting a game below 500 and outside the NHL playoff picture. I'm Jim Matheson. I'm Derek Van Deest. And I'm Craig Ellingson. I talk to these hockey beat writers about the coaching change, why it happens now, and what we might expect from Hitchcock, who's an Edmonton native and one of the winningest head coaches in NHL history. This is the Oil Spills Podcast for Tuesday, November 20th, 2018. Todd McClellan is out. Ken Hedgecock is in as the Oilers head coach after the Oilers fired McClellan this morning in San Jose before their game against the Sharks. Um, they'd lost six of their last seven games. It's not as bad as when, say, Dallas Aikens was let go four years ago when the Oilers had lost 15 of 16 before getting fired in mid-December that year. This is a, a different team. This one's got Connor McDavid on it. Different times, but at the same time, this is a team that's not performing up to you know, what we would expect a Connor McDavid-led team to be doing. However, this team, Maddie, as you've described, is an average team at best. I mean, I know the general manager is always going to say the team's good enough, you know, and Peter did fall on his sword, sort of, by saying that, you know, he's responsible too because he's the general manager for the record, and you're responsible for, for picking the players. The coach has to coach the players that the GM gets them. Uh, but it's a, it's a team with the best player in the world, Connor McDavid. It's a team with a player, Leon Dreisettle, that could finish, say, in the top ten in the league in scoring. It's a team with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who is the best support player at forward. But then after that, it's not like they've, they can trot out Phil Kessel and Jake Gunsel, say, in Pittsburgh or, or in, in Tampa Bay, where suddenly you've got, you know, you've got Stamkos and Kucherov on the first line, and you've got Braden Point on the second line with, you know, Johnson and Kalorn and, uh, you know, a, a number of really good players. So... I don't think it's as good a team as Peter says it is, but then that's, you know, he's the general manager and he thinks it is. And I, this is a, it is a tipping point 
as he says, U.S. Thanksgiving coming up. If you're in the playoffs at U.S. Thanksgiving, you know, chances are, you know, 80 to 90 percent you're making the playoffs. And if you're out of the playoffs, it's tough to, to make them. So this is kind of the time that teams want to make the change. But and hiring Ken Hitchcock makes sense because he was working as an advisor for the Dallas Stars, not coaching. He doesn't have a contract, you know, you're stuck with because another team fired him and there's two years left on it. So you, you bring him in or that coach you, you hire, whether it's Elaine Vigneault who got fired by the Rangers and Elaine says, well, I need a three-year contract if you're going to hire me. Well, that doesn't work if the general manager who's on the hot seat, Peter Shirelli, gets fired at the end of the year and you've got a coach with a three-year contract, the new GM's going to come in and want to hire his own guy. So it dovetails with, with you know, Peter's situation, being on the hot seat, and Hitchcock coming in with, you know, no baggage. Well, the thing is, when, when you're a GM and you fire a coach that you hired, you're essentially admitting that you made a mistake hiring this guy. And I think everyone knew the roster wasn't as good as it should be, but I, I do believe that there are a lot of quote coaching question marks uh, creeping up when it came to McClellan. There was another there was a big one on Saturday um, when it came to people were saying that uh, Matthew Kachuk got into the coach's head and he had to change his lineup because of what Matthew Kachuk was doing. And then a lot of people, myself included, were questioning why Milan Lucic, a guy who has won two goals in 68 games, was on the ice with two minutes to play when they needed a goal. And it's a, it's a question that has been asked a lot. Why is Milan Lucic on the ice when you need a goal? This guy can't score for you. He doesn't have a point. In since the very first game of the year, he hasn't scored since the first, since the very first game of the year. He hasn't scored. And so why is he on the ice? And so there was a lot of questions as far as coaching moves that Todd McClellan was doing. Why the difference is, is he's playing Milan Lucic because the general manager brought in Milan. Well, Lucic. that's right. So, so he's he's Todd's boss. So he's got to play Milan Lucic. Well, it didn't help him save his job. Like, nope. I think, and that's one so, of the questions that you're I'm right. sure Todd, <laughs> Peter Shirelli was asking. This guy's maybe, one maybe goal Todd in Todd brought that games. up to, to Peter when oh, he I'm fired sure him. They, saying, sure he said, okay, I played the guys you wanted me to play, uh, even though they're, they're struggling. Uh, Ryan Strom being another one who, you know, just got traded, but, you know, had played very average last year and had not played well this year, but he kept being played because you know they traded Jordan Eberle for Ryan Strom so it's yeah it's a it's a double-edged sword I mean and the coach always ends up being the fall guy because as George Kingston says coaching security in the NHL NHL stands for not here long if you're a coach well that's the thing for Todd McClellan though I mean you know the GM admitting he made a mistake mm -hmm. by firing his coach but McClellan this is his fourth year with the team He's I mean, longer than most. He's longer than most. He, and he's never been fired before. He he wasn't fired in San Jose. They came to a mutual agreement with one year left sure. in his contract that this wasn't working. No. So he's never really been fired. This is the first time. You know, so you could argue that maybe it's run his course. Maybe the players have started tuning him out. Two years ago, we were certainly weren't saying that Shirley had made a mistake hiring Todd McClellan. Maybe the time has just come now, and now is a good time with the team struggling the way it has the last seven games, yeah. six of the last seven. And uh, heading into the end of November, um, you know, with the team still, you know, in the hunts at the very least, they're not. They can't fall. They can't fall. They can't fall ten spot. points out of it. But this no. has, this has, people. I know Peter said it was his decision. Okay, mm. but this has people above Peter 
also saying, hey, we got to get in the playoffs. The owner needs his playoff gates. He didn't get them last year. He was not happy. And that's a lot of money you're losing out. Uh, they've got luxury boxes that companies bought for on three-year deals. This is the end of the third year. They don't make the playoffs. Maybe they say, ah, I'm not re-upping. they got to make the playoffs for the GM's sake, the owner's sake, Bob Nicholson's sake, a lot of people's sake. And the coach, you know, is the easiest way to go. And, you know, I'm kind of torn here. I, I, I like Todd McClellan. I think, I think he's a really good coach. I think he'll get hired again this summer by somebody. But I've known Ken Hitchcock for 40 years, too, and he's always wanted to coach the Edmonton Oilers. And every time the Oilers had an opening, he was coaching somewhere else. And, you know, the other way around, and it didn't work out. But now it's kind of like the stars have aligned, and here he is. Well, the situation, it wasn't working. And I think it didn't work the first year, worked the second, didn't work the third, and it wasn't working in the fourth. And I think Peter Shirelli realizes that if they don't make the playoffs this year, he could be gone. So he had to do something. He did what he could with the roster. I think he was a little hamstring by it. He made some bad trades that have really kind of backfired on him. So this was his last card to play, fire the coach. And by bringing in Ken Hitchcock, Ken Hitchcock's going to be, he was probably the most prepared to coach this hockey team. Like I said, he know he knew the team well. He understands the team. He understands the system. So I'm sure in that meeting, Hitchcock blew him away by his knowledge of his organization. And, and as Jim said, Hitchcock has wanted to coach here for for a very very long time the opportunity just never presented itself as jim said he was either coaching when there was an availability or when there was an availability he wasn't available type, type, that type of thing i think he's a good fit for the now if if you're going to go down if you don't make the playoffs and you want this guy to come in here because he knows your roster he knows your team he can go in and make changes immediately and do what he thinks is best for the team but I, I don't see Kenny Hitchcock coaching the orders beyond this season, especially if they don't make the playoffs. I don't think anyone's around beyond this season if they don't make the playoffs. But this is the this is was his final card to play, and I think it was good for him to play it before the season was gone. And you always talk about American Thanksgiving. If you're out of the playoffs by American Thanksgiving, likely you're not going to get in the playoffs, and that's kind of a benchmark. And I think right now that's the card he played, and I think it, it, I don't want to say it's a Hail Mary, but it's, it's, it's getting down to – to the short strokes and then yeah, he's, going he's fortunate going. Peter's very fortunate that the, the division the Pacific Division and the Metropolitan Division are the two worst there's only two teams over 500 in the Pacific and so lots of teams are going for that third spot and Vancouver's got it now so I mean it's not like LA's playing great or Anaheim's playing great and then you go we got to track them down to get a spot in the playoffs so Everybody's in the hunt now, and, and he probably looks at that and says, okay, I can't let it get too far away here, and i got to make the move. Now, it's as Peter alluded to, it's not very good timing when you have the guy on the charter flying all the way to San Jose, and, and then you fire him then. Uh, fortunately, in Todd's case, uh, his wife was st- had stayed in San Jose for a couple of years because their son was still in high school. Now their son's... I think he's gone to Colorado State, and the other boy plays at University of Denver, hockey player. So there's no family there anymore. Uh, but it would have been very uncomfortable, say, to get fired in San Jose, where you coached, and you know, go home and see your wife and say, "Oh, by the way, bye." Derek, you know, calling this Shirelli's final card. I mean, I think that's fair, since you know mm-hmm. the reaction to fans. <clears throat> has been equal, if not more so, calling for the general managers had more so than the coaches had. 
even here we are talking about the coach getting fired since Shirelli is the architect of the team that you know off the top we were you know outside of McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl we've got a very average team on our hands here at least that from the looks of it I mean this team did play has shown it can play with the big good teams we have seen them win convincingly but we've seen them lose convincingly they, especially they recently they play down to the to the level of the team they're playing and if they play against a really good team they, they elevate their game I think because they're afraid of getting mm. embarrassed and and so they play well so if this is Shirley's final card to play what do we, I get, you know this is what are we hoping to see from obviously he's hoping Ken Hitchcock is a catalyst that propels his team in some fashion I mean a Hitchcock just you know hung up his coaching pencil in the spring He's 66 years old. He's been coaching in the NHL for 20-plus years, and he has the pedigree. He's yeah. one of the top five winningest coaches of all time. I can't I wonder if he had he time fell. to get to United Cycle to get his skate sharp <laughs> before, he got, <laughs> before he flew to San Jose. Because th- he hasn't been on the ice, I don't imagine, since he retired. The last time I saw Hitch was at, at Claire Drake's funeral. And so and he was firmly adamant then that he was not going to coach again. In fact, he didn't want to go to the draft because Jim Montgomery was the new coach and he didn't want to be there when the new coach was there. So back then, but you know how it is. Yeah. The season starts and you got nothing to do and then suddenly you're starting to think, you know what, I still like the coach. Well, this makes it easy for me to suggest then that Hitchcock is merely a caretaker then. I'm sure plenty of a fan is going to say, well, you know, it's not like Hitchcock's won a Stanley Cup recently. It's not like his teams at the end of his coaching career were, were world beaters. He didn't miss, make the playoffs the last couple of them. Mm-hmm. He was fired from St. Louis two seasons ago. Is he merely a caretaker? I mean, he's got relationships, obviously, with the Oilers brass, Bob Nicholson, Gretzky, yeah. et cetera. I think it could work, it could work that way because I think Peter has a five-year contract. So if they play well, this is Peter's fourth year, yeah. so if they play well... Hitch would still work on a one-year contract at his age, I think. And then Peter could work out one more year as the GM, and then they'd still work together. I think with the, if he comes in, the Oilers make the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, don't blow the doors off anybody. I don't, still don't see them suddenly saying, that, Ken, you want a three-year contract? Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I don't see I, it. I think they'll go one. Yeah, I don't think the GM will be able to sign the coach to an extension further than his his contract goes. I don't think that would be wise to let them do that. You don't sign a three-year coach when your contract is up your following year. But it's funny because it, this harking me back to Joel Quinville because when Joel Quinville took over from the Chicago Blackhawks from Denny Savard, Joel Quinville had kind of been retired too. He, he yeah. said he didn't want to coach anymore. He was kind of into scouting and because yeah. he had he had suffered. I think it was, it was, was it a stress-related? Yeah. yeah, he took some time off because it was the stress. And then he was supposed to be that caretaker guy too before the Blackhawks found another coach, and he went on to, to coach him for however many years he did. So I'm not sure this would be a similar situation with Hitchcock. I think he, if he comes in and kind of turns this around and, and gets this going in the right direction and, and keeps it from going off the rails, I think the owners do have to make the playoffs this year. Um, yeah, there's no reason why they, they don't think he can come back the following year. But I think it'll be interesting to see how the players react to it, how a guy like Milan Lucic, how a guy like Conor McDavid, how Leon Dreisaitl react to him. And if you've, anyone has ever talked to Ken Hitchcock knows that this guy knows a lot about the game. Like it's just, his knowledge is unbelievable. And one of my favorite things when he would come to town is after the media availability, just sit, standing there and talking to him about hockey for another 40 minutes because he just wants to talk hockey, and that's all he wants to do. And I think that might be infectious in the, in the in a dressing room right now where the shoulders look a little slumped. They look a little 
beaten down and they look a little worn. And I think that that loss in Calgary really took a lot out of them because that was a game that the Oilers played well for 40 minutes and then just fell off the map in the third period. And I think that was kind of started the wheels set in motion for, for Todd's dismissal. So is a playoffs or bust for Shirelli and I guess for Hitchcock? Or what if they almost make it? No. If they don't almost make it, it, they have to make the playoffs for the general manager, I believe, to keep his job. That's like saying to the owner, we're almost, we almost got you an extra $3 million. Oh, dollars. Yeah. so close. So, uh, no, to, to the owner, it's all the about playoffs. the money. So if he's got to get that playoff revenue. If he doesn't get that playoff revenue, he's going to bring in someone else. Like That's all the owner cares about is, is the revenue of, the money, if, if, of getting that playoff money. And so it doesn't matter if they're a point out or two points out or ten points out. Uh, if I'd they're this, out, everybody's going. I'd say this is a very difficult time for Connor McDavid right now. Mm. Ryan Strom was a good friend. Okay, they mm-hmm. trade, he's, and he's been a friend of the family because he's close to Dylan, who he played junior hockey with. So they trade him, and then a couple of days later, then they fire the coach, who he likes, and he played hard for him. So he's probably thinking, oh, hey, I got rid of my friend Strom, now they got rid of the coach. And, and I have no problem with the coach, so what's going on here? You know, it's, it's, I'm sure it's very unsettling for him. Um, and this is... You know, this is the only coach in the NHL he's known. So this is the first time for him where he's he's going to have another coach because when he played junior hockey in Erie, they had the same coach, you know, pretty much for the last three years, you know, Chris Knobloch. So he's pretty used to having one coach, and this has got to be a little unsettling for him. Not that he's not trying to carry the entire team on his back, but I'm sure it's unsettling. This is a bit of an aside, but did McDavid say anything about the Strom trade? Did he comment on it at all? I don't he think just he said he was upset, you know, mm. unhappy, and that he was very popular in the room, and that a lot of guys are unhappy. So, you know, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's I'm not inside the room. You know, he, some guys are more popular than others, so we'll see. So, what kind of what differences can we see with Ken Hitchcock coach team? How his approach to the game versus McClellan's? What's going to be different? Better organized defensively, the guys, and that's and that's the thing about Hitch's teams. So Hitch needs smart players on his team to succeed. He needs guys that think the game well and guys that can take direction and guys that know where to go on the ice. And I got to be honest with you, I think that was the problem with this roster: is that you could tell a guy till you're blue in the face to go where to go in a certain situation and they just wouldn't figure out. Now I'm not saying all the whole roster, but I'm saying a lot of guys on this roster and I think that's an issue and I think the name Ty Ratty comes up because Hitchcock he's he has been I'm Ty Ratty. I'm not that happy with his no, coaching move because he was in St. Louis and it didn't work there with with Ty and and Ken. So you know <laughs> I'm sure he's not, when he heard this, he's not, he's not the happiest guy yeah. in the world. And Hitchcock, it's his way or the highway. And if you're not playing his way, if you're not going to take his systems, then he'll he'll park you on the bench or he'll sit you in the, in the press box. And I'm not certain that Todd was that willing to do that. Like he, want, he wants it. He's more of a positive player's guy. He wants you to get out of your slumps. He's a positive, let's go, let's try. Hitchcock is like, if you're not getting the job done, have a seat. And I think maybe that's what the Oilers need right now. Maybe they need, as, as Rob Tuchkowski alluded to in his, in his question with Tuchirelli, it's like a cold glass of water in your face or it's a kick in your butt. They, that's what the Oilers need right now. Is Hitchcock, I know he's talked about this before, he's talked about tailoring whatever system he puts in 
to the players, or is there a system that he's trying to he would try to impose on the players, like a more defensive one? Well, he's. It's funny. He, everybody says Ken is a no defensive coach, okay? And in the NHL, he has been more of a defensive coach than an offensive coach. But in junior, he, Rob Brown played for him. He had 212 points one year. So they were the most offensive team in the entire Western Hockey League. So he coached offensive players too. Um, I think they'll, they'll be tighter defensively. But I agree with Derek. It's, you still got to tailor it to the personnel you have. And I, I think it's incumbent. Ken has, has had a history of getting a goal getting a goalie to play well who maybe hadn't played so well before on his teams and i think that you know i'm sure his his first opportunity to talk to cam Talbot will be you know you're better than this you got to get better than this because i don't care what kind of system he's got if if their goaltending isn't good you know if you want to win three two you still need good goaltending and in cam's case he hasn't played well Koskinen has, but they're going to need both goalies playing well. It's going to make the playoffs. Well, I think part of that goalie thing is the fact that Ken Hitchcock gets his teams to be a bit more responsible defensively. And I think that that obviously helps out a goalie when when you have guys in front of you committed to playing better defense. And and we we've seen Cam has he struggled yes, but then we've also seen some horrendous defensive play by the yeah, others. Chris Russell played for Hitch in St. Louis, so yeah. he'll know he'll he'll, he'll appreciate Chris. Uh, it was either St. Louis or Columbus, one of the two places. So you'll appreciate Chris. Um, you know, you mentioned Peter mentioned on his conference call too that he seemed to know the roster. Ken knows the roster of every team. He's a hockey geek. Oh, he is. He watches a million games on TV. He knows the rosters of all the teams. If you asked him, some fourth, fourth line player, you know, playing in Detroit, he'd he'd know the pluses and minuses. So. It's nice to say, oh, he knew my roster. Well, he always watches Oiler games on TV because he's from Edmonton, so he does know the roster. And he's coached against them in the Western Conference in, in Dallas. Uh, so he knows the Oilers roster better than, say, bringing in a guy from the East. But I, I'm sure when he's watching every game, he's writing down, who's this guy? Kind of like Scotty Bowman in a way, kind of like a hockey savant. You know, he knows the rosters and the players and everything. Well, I guess you don't coach for 20-plus years and have, I, you know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but be one of the most winningest coaches of all time without being a hockey geek. I would expect the Toe Blakes of the world to be here, whoever. You name your coach. When you say we're going to expect a tighter defensive team or, you know, playing tighter, can we expect a harder working team? I think what he's got to come in, He, I think – from the outside, although I thought Glenn Gullitson, who coached in Calgary, would have been able to do that too. You know, every visiting team comes in here, and the mantra is always the same: they really skate fast, and they've got lots of skill. They don't have lots of skill. They got a couple of guys with lots of skill, but they don't. As a team, they don't have lots of skill. They have to outwork teams to win games, and I don't think there's enough of that. I think what tips it is they got McDavid. I mean, he's working hard, and he does 99.9% of the time. He can tip it. If the entire team's working hard, they've got McDavid, who's also working hard, and they're going to win the games. But this idea that they can just throw out McDavid and Dreisaitl and, and you know Nugent Hopkins and win the games without working hard is folly, and I don't think that's – I don't think the team – 
has gone into a lot of games saying, you know what, if at the end of the night, if we just outwork this team, we've got the X factor and Connor will win the game. And that has to get there, and Hitch will, I think, bring that out. I wonder if, um, I mean, you could probably ask all kinds of questions about any tweaks that Hitchcock might bring in, but would, will McDavid and Drysdale stay, stay together as a unit? I don't know. If it's working? Yeah, if it's working. If it's working, yeah. why not? The thing I like about Hitchcock, the hiring here, is that he has no alliance to he's – not, he's not coaching to save his job. He's going to go out there and coach and do and play the guys that he thinks will get the job done. And all, he'll, all he's going to care about is winning. And he's not going to be worrying about looking over his shoulder, who's going to replace me, worried about, okay, well, the GM's paying this guy $6 million a year, so I guess I have to play him. Um, i got to keep this guy happy. i got to keep this guy happy. You can't, you can't coach when you're trying to save your job. And I think towards the end there, McClellan, that's the way he was coaching this year because the writing was on the wall, and they knew that was going to happen. Ken Hitchcock comes in here. He doesn't care. He's going to come in here and do what he thinks is right for this hockey team. He does a really good job of he's going to, he recognizes the talent. He knows the talent or lack of thereof it on this roster, and he's going to try and, and bleed the most out of this roster. And I think that's the, the issue right now is that he's not going to try to go out there and play quote-unquote oiler hockey. He's going to go out there and play the most effective game that's going to get your results. And I think it may not be attractive at times. It may kind of deviate from what the team had been had been doing up to this point. But if, if it produces results, that's all that's going to matter. And that's all that Ken Hitchcock cares about. So it, it's a situation he's not coaching for next year. He's not coaching for another contract. Um, he's coaching to win today, and I think that's what the owners needed. And he's, you know, any thought that that he can't coach star players is bogus too because he coached in the Olympics with star players and he loves star players and he'll play Connor and Leon every bit as much as the other guy did to win the games but he also realizes that that the supporting cast also has to help and they have to chip in as well and then the defense has to be tighter as a, as a as an entire team they have to check better why do you think Ken Hitchcock agreed to come and coach the Oilers. It can't just be because it's his hometown and he's always wanted to coach them. He must still want to coach. I think I think the first one is heavier than he wants to coach. I think if it had been another team that was playing poorly in the NHL that came to him, like the LA Kings mm-hmm. before they hired Willie Desjardins or something, he said, no, nah, I don't think so. It's the Edmonton Oilers. He's wanted to coach them his entire life. And, you know, he's comfortable in Edmonton. And, and this is, I think this is the, the, the circle closing. You know, if he can play well and get them into the playoffs and, and they, you know, they win a couple of rounds or something, I think Ken will, will say, okay, you know, this is what I've always wanted to do and I got a chance to do it. And he turns 67 next month. And... He's running out of time. There's not a lot of coaches in the NHL his age. No, they're not. Then you know you wonder how an older coach is going to uh, adapt to younger players. You, you, know, you talk to coaches now; younger players can't. They don't respond the same way they did 20 years ago. So you can't yell and scream and, and threaten them, and they'll just look at you and go, "I make seven million dollars a year. What are you yelling at me for?" You can't. Resp- you have to. You have to kind of change your approach. And whether or not Ken Hitchcock has that. Um, he always seems to be a good short-term solution. Eventually, I think 
players eventually tune him out in the room. You can't keep screaming at a guy or can't keep, you know, keeping your thumb on players for too long before they tune him out. But this is a short-term solution, and I think because it is Edmonton, and Jim's right, he's always wanted to coach here. He's wanted to be behind the bench, the Oilers. He's always wanted to put on that track suit. And this was the opportunity that's going to get him out of retirement. Now, whether or not there was another situation out there, I'm not sure. But this is the one that he would get out of bed for and say, yeah, I'll do this one. And there's one last thing. A decade ago, Pat Quinn came to Edmonton, much in the same situation, you know, closing the circle. He played for the Oil Kings back in the 60s, obviously a well-decorated coach, very well-respected around the league. Will it be different? I mean, Pat Quinn's team, I mean, that's a different era, a different team altogether. But I can't help but think about the Pat Quinn year. He did already have his successor on his staff. Mm -hmm. So we don't have that here. I don't think Glenn Gullitson's going to be the next Oilers head coach. Who knows if Kitchcock only is here for this season. But do you think that it'll be different? Uh, I guess it has to be with Connor McDavid. It has to be with Connor McDavid. Because that Pat Quinn season was was that. They finished last and they drafted Taylor Hall. You know, it wasn't uh, Pat's best way to go out. Yeah. And I've always loved Pat Quinn. I thought he was a tremendous coach in, in work, you know, Vancouver, L.A., you know, um, Philadelphia. He was a great coach. Uh, you know, he was an excellent NHL coach. Toronto, he was excellent getting the most out of the Leafs. So, I don't know. I, I the order fan, no matter what you do, they're screaming for the coach's head. Mm-hmm. They fire the coach, and then they're saying, "What'd you bring this guy in yeah. for?" You can't win with with fans you're supposed to f- I guess the only way the Oilers fan would be ecstatic who d- didn't like, like Todd McClellan was if you brought in Joel Quenville they said hey look at Joel Quenville won three cups but Quenville at six million a year for this year and next year they weren't bringing in Joel Quenville so Ken Hitchcock makes sense to me but I, I'm biased because I've known him for 40 years but I agree with Derek it's he can coach he can still coach and He's going to take a look at the roster. He knows which players can play and which yeah. ones can't play. And his object is to get the ones outside of of Dreisaitl and Connor and Ryan Nugent Hopkins to play better. Yeah. It's getting Lucic to play better. Um, it's getting Spooner, they just traded for, to play better. You know, it's getting the defense to get the puck up the ice better and you want to check better but you've got to get the puck up the ice better too so uh, I don't know he, I'm sure he'd be leaning very much heavily on his assistant coaches who are really good you know Gullitson's been a head coach Yanni's been a long time assistant was a head coach once and Manny Vivrios is a real smart guy so it's not like Ken won't be leaning on those guys too to say okay what's going on here you're a lot closer to this than than I am. So, why is this person doing this, and why mm. is this person doing that, and and such? But we'll see. Can't hurt. I mean, they're they're not out of it by any stretch, and that division is not very good. I mean, one day after Vegas beats the Oilers six three, they get they're down mean, seven nothing in Calgary <laughs> the next <laughs> night after two periods. Yeah. So, I, I, you're right. It's tough to figure this league now. There's a lot of very average teams, of which the Oilers are in that big barrel with a lot of teams that are around 500. 
and one of them, you know, a lot of those around 500 this year, a few games over, might make the playoffs. And the owner will be happy and the fans will be happy. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.